Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Matthew 21 and verse 9, we're going to walk through the narrative some here today, but for the sake of your standing, I want to just read this verse. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, praise God. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, we thank you for what we feel already in this house today. I thank you for the reading of your word, for our time worshiping you. I pray that you would allow this time now as we walk through this text and the sacredness of this day Let it be special unto us. As I've prayed for these people before we ever came together today, I pray so now it might come together in a mighty way that our hearts would be touched as much as our ears and our minds would process what it means to live the Word of God. We give you thanks and praise. And everyone said in Jesus' name, You may be seated. I preach to you today on a title that is not as flattering as Palm Sunday, but I hope it makes sense before we leave here today. So my title for you today is A Horse and a Donkey. You can determine which one you are (laughs) or where you fit as we preach through this. A horse... And a donkey. I was, I was only around 20 years of age, Brother Lopez. I wasn't very old at all. And I began to get these regular headaches. I, I would feel it just starting. And when it would come on, I, I thought I was done. I, I found myself doing this a lot. Taking my thumb and my index finger and I would be rubbing the tops of my eyes. Some of you have already walked ahead to what I was dealing with. They sent me to a person that would look at my eyes and help me out. And I found out without knowing that my eyes were constantly doing their best to focus in. But Brother Dugas, no matter how much work they did, It was putting an unnecessary strain. And they gave me these things that make you look so much younger. If you wear glasses or contacts in the room, because if you wear contacts, it's the same. If you wear glasses, some people are like, I don't don't wear glasses. I don't like the look. No, because this is a great look. This... (laughs) Eyeball touchers of America. 
If you wear glasses or contacts, please raise your hand. Wow. Aren't we glad? It was amazing when I started wearing my glasses, how much easier it was for me to read. It was amazing that the headaches disappeared for me. I tried contacts for a while. Someone said, what about contacts? Did you try contacts? I did. Now, this is going to shock some of you, but sometimes when I preach, I sweat. And, and I was preaching. I was preaching in Dallas, Texas, and I was trying contacts, and I was so sweaty, and I was wiping my face, and when I was wiping that contact, yeah, it was on a mission for my brain. If you've ever had a contact stuck somewhere between Dan and Beersheba, <laughs> the last day I wore contacts was that day. I said no more after that. The reason I bring this up is because I've come to a place in my life, and I hope no one will use this against me, although I said something about peeps in a video, and I found pink peeps everywhere today. So... <laughs> The devil is a liar, and <laughs> I just keep giving them to Brother Lopez. He'll eat them up. He'll eat them up. But I, I found that when I put these things on, my, my focus changes, and I'm in that season of life where every now and then someone wants me to read something, and they'll bring it to me, and they'll say, hey, read this. Who knows what, I, what I'm doing when I do this right here? Someone says, here, read this, and I go, If my arms were longer, I might not need glasses at all. But that's where I'm at, one of those people. So whether you're nearsighted or farsighted, for everyone who rose your, raised your hands for glasses or contacts here today, I want to tell you, sometimes if we're not careful, we read this, but we don't really get a good focus on it. I don't want to just hear the words. I want to understand the story. How can I live what I cannot understand? How will I live what I do not comprehend? And so today I would take you on a small journey back in time to a very important and a critical moment. It was critical for us as believers. It was the triumphal entry. At least that is how we have now penned it. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. How many know what special week we're leading into? It's the Passover week, and it is the time. It was the time of celebration then, and it is the time of celebration now. It is one of the saddest realities of this week for me that some would still celebrate the Passover, not recognizing that the Lamb has already come. For He was, in fact, the Lamb of God that was riding into Jerusalem that very day. He comes riding in, and it's Matthew 21 where we can read about it, but it's also in Mark 11 and Luke 11 and John 12, and you can read about it in all four of the Gospels, this triumphant entry, this time when Christ walks in, and the Holy Ghost inspires each of these authors to write to their audiences. If you look at them, they, they write just a little bit differently under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. 
unto their audience, but mirrored in three of the four, you're going to find that word, Hosanna. 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 You're going to read in three of the four about the king of David, this, this uh, lineage that was there magnificently found from David unto Christ as the redemptor through Jesus Christ. And it is going to be Luke as he writes to the Greek audience just a little bit different. He's going to call him this king of heaven. And it, it seems a correlation like Matthew 1 takes a look at the genealogy of Christ from the earth's perspective and John takes the genealogy from a direct line of heaven. There's just this difference as the Holy Ghost would inspire these men based on their audience and it would be God breathed. For Aren't you glad that they were inspired by the Holy Ghost to record the word? And so we have the word that is recorded in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. But when we read of the triumphal entry, it is not really what we would have drawn up. If I could be so brazen to say this here today, a donkey seems like a poor choice. Have you ever seen a donkey? Have you heard a donkey? I thought about for fun today, just putting the sound effects of a donkey. I hear you. <laughs> Doesn't look great, doesn't sound great, certainly not like the strength of a stallion. It was already proclaimed from early in the Old Testament, the strength and the majesty of horses. It would even come in the proclamation of the great prophets. My father, my father, the horsemen, of Israel. Uh, look at that slide. Which one would you choose? There's a reason downtown Indy. You can get a horse carriage, not a donkey carriage. If you take your girl on a date and you take her to the donkey carriage, that was your last date. If you took her to the donkey carriage and you still got her, we want to know your secret. <laughs> the comparison is seemingly obvious and it would start in the old and it would lead through the new and there would be great men of war that would rise and their rising would be upon their ability to bring armies and those armies were with their horsemen and with their chariots. Alexander the Great would come, but not alone. It's not Bocephus for anyone who thought that was Vesuflis. How about Napoleon and Marengo? How about Ulysses S. Grant and Cincinnati? And on and on and on through world history I could go. Now I understand that we have brought to a place where we deal with automobiles and tanks, but when we talk about their motors, we still talk about horse power. And so here comes the Lord Jesus. He, he is God. Coming. Hosanna! Here he, here he comes. And yet for those 
unknowing it might be a laughing stock that is about to unfold. For certainly there would be palm branches that were torn down off of the trees and were laid on the road and were waved before him in garments that would come off and be laid upon the beast and laid upon the road. And there would be the chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But it was not in vain. It was tied to an Old Testament prophet by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding upon an ass. And upon the cold of the foal of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot. Go to verse 10. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim. And the horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen. Everybody repeat after me. He shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. Why were they celebrating? It was the prophetic promise that the Savior was coming riding upon the coat of a donkey. He was going to ride into Jerusalem. Pause. Look at the west side of Jerusalem. He's riding in the Messiah to which they would cry Hosanna from the east. But take a look. Pause and look at the west side of Jerusalem. This is where I'm trying to help us get our glasses in and focus on what is happening in the city at the time. There was a leader by the name of Pontius Pilate who we don't seem to talk about until Easter morning, but I want to talk about him today. Pontius Pilate, this leader for the government, he lives not in Jerusalem because it was so overrun with the Jewish culture and their desire to celebrate. He lives in a place to the west right on the sea, Caesarea by the sea. He is there living in this place built by Herod. But come the week of Passover, it is his obligation to get on his horse and ride with his army into Jerusalem because this is Passover week. What is Passover week, Pontius? Why, why, Mr. Pilate, does it matter so much? Because when they get to talking and feasting and reminiscing about Passover, everybody starts talking about how God brought them out of Egypt. They start talking about the miraculous provision of God. People begin talking about Red Sea's parting and lamb spilling blood and God's deliverance. Somehow it's passed down from generation to generation to generation. Let me stop here and say, if we ever stop celebrating Passover, what do we think our kids are going to? I want our kids to know. I think there needs to be a pilot of the future if God so tarries that is still nervous that the kids of the kids of the kids of the kids know. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. They were in Egypt. We were in sin. They were bound by those Egyptians. We were bound by the enemy. But he brought 
He brought us out. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he brought me out. Elbow your other neighbor and tell him stay there if you want to. And if I ever forget he brought me out, I'll stop singing about it. Passover won't matter. I'll stop celebrating it. But when I look back and remember, it was the lamb. It was the lamb. Now you've got to picture this because Pontius Pilate has rode in on a steed. History dictates he's coming to town. Jerusalem at that time had about 40,000 people. This week over 200,000, Brother Butler, had moved into that little town. It wasn't spring break, it was Passover. (laughs) And they were coming into town and everybody was talking about deliverance. Who's that dad for? The Roman oppressor. Just in case there be an insurrection of the, (laughs) I feel like telling him you ought to go back to Exodus and read that when the taskmasters afflicted them, the more they did afflict them, the more they grew and the more they prospered. There will be affliction, there will be oppression, but there will be a people of God that regardless, regardless of any oppression, regardless of any, I'm going to press them down. I'm going to hold them down. Even though Pilate rode into town, they were still talking about the Passover. Reminder here today to every believer in the balcony and the main level. If somebody being in your presence can keep his praise off your lips. If somebody being in your presence can make you think you can't talk about the Passover. Well, it's not really politically correct. It is right for you to talk about what the Lamb has done for you. It is right for you to lift your voice and talk about the deliverance. I can't get off this today. To talk about the deliverance of God. I know, I know everybody at your work might not believe like you. Everybody in your family might not even believe like you. But it's right when we just come together and celebrate and remember he brought, he brought me out. I got that old song stuck in my head. He brought me out of the mire. What's it say? He set my feet. Come on, I sang it not long ago. I've got it in my heart again today. Do you still have a song? Do you still have a song? I don't know if we should sing because Pilate's got an army that's in here. Yeah, they, you know why they brought them? They brought them for us. Why don't we give them a reason? What? The enemy hates the church. Why don't we be a... I'm going to say something right now that everybody might not like, but I'm going to say it anyway. The devil already hates you. If you're a believer, he already hates your family. If you are blood bought and you've been delivered, he already hates you. So I'm going to say this today. I hope everybody's okay. Whether you are not, I'm going to say it. It's going to be out. You ought to give him a reason to hate you. you. He didn't just hate me for how I dress or how I... I want him, if he's going to hate me, I want him to hate me because I know, I know, I know, I know it was the Lord. I know it was the Lord. It was the mighty hand of God that brought me out. I was bound. I was in bondage, but he brought me out. He, he brought me out. We'd have no church to sing in, but he brought us out. We'd have no family to rejoice with, but he brought 
he's riding on a donkey. No other government of that time was going to celebrate a donkey. But the Jews celebrated peace. Peace was tied to prophecy. When all you've lived through is oppression, peace ministers to you. Some people don't like judgment. Some people don't like contention. Some people... But you say he's the prince of peace? You know what our world needs? Well, let's prove them wrong. I'm not trying to prove the world wrong. I'm just trying to prove God right. And he doesn't really need, here's what, here's what he needs from me. Hosanna. Hosanna. Wait a minute, don't say anything. He's on a donkey. No, no, this is the way it was. Hosanna. Do they, do they know that? Do they know that guy's on a donkey? What are they doing with the leaves? Oh, they're tied to something bigger than this moment. I've told you before, but I tell you again today. They are, for the most part, pleading and hoping and believing he is going to put an end to this Roman oppression. Is your kingdom of this world? That's what he would be asked. And he's riding on a donkey. It's meandering. And the donkey is lowly. And he is humble. And he's barely moving. There's palm branches and garments. Palm branches in the air. Hosanna's on the lips. Hosanna in the highest is upon the mouths. There is a war in the heavenlies. And there is a war on earth. Please hear me. There is a war in the heavenlies. In the dimension which cannot be seen. And there is a war on earth which can be seen. And they have waited on this moment. For here he rides into town. Not coming from the west, but coming from the east. And riding into town. Not coming from Caesarea by the sea. He's riding in. And the Bible says that all the people are stirred. Read the Gospels. The entire city. There's an uproar. What's happening? How is there so much credibility? Because they are clinging. They are longing. The Jews are believing for this to be the final. This is going to be the moment. They don't want to get caught up in an insurrection. But they don't want to be caught up not Tied to prophecy. It's a unique place where they don't want to be ostracized and beat and rejected. At the same time, they don't want to miss everything they've believed for and everything that's been passed down. Church, I preach to you today and tell you the current apostolic movement is right there. We're concerned. We're, we're in the great divide between, wait a minute, if we, if we do this, the kind of oppression that's going to hit the church, but if we... What if persecution really hits the Western church? Some that think it never will. You Ask our brothers just north of us in Canada if it's possible. 
What's happening? I'm halt between two. Which one looks more appealing? Which one looks stronger? And I'm going to tell you that if you look through the eyes of the flesh, you will look towards the horse and not the If you look through the eyes of carnality and you look through the social customs of this world, you will look towards the stallion and not towards the donkey. But if they're wrong, why are they so blessed? Well, that depends on how you define blessing. Is blessing to you the stallion and the chariots or is blessing to you alignment with the word? Because here we are, we're standing on the very palms and we are shouting the very hosannas that within a week will be replaced by the words crucified. Because when your mouth is not tied to your heart, they cried hosanna believing, they shouted hosanna believing he's going to overturn the government until he does it. And then you find out if what was in your mouth and what is in your heart is connected. It'll be a very select few. It'll be a very select few who never deny. It'll be a very select few. But the same word says straight, narrow. Oh, we used to preach that in the church and People would be excited about it. But we've opened up the world so wide and the stallion looks great and the chariots look great. No one wants a donkey if, we, if, if, if I gave you the opportunity and, and, and I said, bring the kids all today. We're, we're going to have horse rides. People would say, that's amazing. That's, that's wonderful. And if I'm the guy next door that says, you don't want a horse ride, you want a donkey ride. People all over the room would be like, who's your poor neighbor? It's got the donkey. Can I tell you something? The humility and the lowliness tied to the prophecy of Zechariah, those Jewish people ought to have been able to understand. It was the symbol of peace. The donkey was the symbol of peace. It was the symbol. But what they had done was they had taken the way they defined peace in the moment. And they were not willing. I'm going to say something that I need everyone to tune in and catch. Many of them were not going to be willing to let it play out because it was going to look differently than what they hoped for. Please catch that. When he's taken into custody, how is it that we can be singing about the Passover and we can be speaking about the Lamb but we cannot acknowledge and honor what's happening. He rode in as the lamb. The end of that reading there in Matthew 21 will tell you why. Why don't we just look at it together? I'll try to get to my point and let you go home. Matthew 21. He told those disciples to go and they got it. I've loved to have fun with this text in the past. I don't have that this morning. That great multitude, verse 8, says, spread their garments in the way and they took down branches from the trees and they, they strawed them in the way and the multitudes there went before and 
that followed Christ saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. You know they're saying son of David. This is the kingship principle. The kingship principle. They're believing this. It's tied to it. You've got to bring Pilate down. You're the son of David. This is the prophecy. Comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's our opening text. But watch verse 10. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, Who is this? Who's the guy on the donkey? And watch the response. And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. I submit to you today that the fatal blow to their future was tied to this moment when they could proclaim him as the prophet, but not the king. He is the prophet. He, he does miracles, in fact. There are healings and signs and wonders. But what you can say on the road, can you say in the city? What you're willing to say on the road when the rest of the church is shouting Hosanna. Will that very thing get off your lips when you get in the city? When you might be within earshot of those that are celebrating Pilate. And the Roman government is on such a treacherous slide that they will themselves be known as gods. They will be known as gods. I want Everyone in this room to know what we already know. In case you don't know it or you haven't celebrated it in a moment, I want to say it clearly. I want to say it calmly. And I want everybody to hear it because it makes the most sense for this week. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. He was the Lamb of God. And He was more than just a prophet he was more than just a rabbi. He was more than just a preacher. And when he rode into Jerusalem that day, yeah, I, I know there was no comeliness that we should desire him. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised and rejected. But I want Pilate, I want the Romans, and I want everyone to know He's the king. I know this donkey. I know this donkey doesn't make sense to you. But it's so succinct that it's tied to a prophet of the Old Testament that said, you watch. He's coming one day. And he's not going to need the fanfare of that stallion. Stick with me. He's not going to need the fanfare. You don't, he ain't going to need black beauty to ride. He's not going to need that to ride in. He's going to come in on that donkey. The question for everyone in this room, can we get our palm branches from the church service to the city? I know who we are when everybody's on the road shouting Hosanna. I'm wondering who we are when the palm is in our past and the city's in our present. Because it's pretty easy to walk from there down the road. Wait a minute. They're watching him, the Jewish 
Christians of the sideline and even those that had not yet decided where they would stand and they're watching from the perimeter and the scene is playing out and there's such an uproar amongst the people. In fact, it's going to become so overwhelming that it would lead to the demise of the plan on Passover week nonetheless and it would be played out and people on the side, there's some that are they're just waiting and they're living for this moment. Watch this, Jesus is gonna rise up any minute. Any moment, he's gonna go ahead and show his authority. He's gonna call angels from heaven at any moment. You gotta watch it played out in front of us. He's going to call them. They're going to come down. He's going to overthrow until he doesn't. And whether we like it or not, the beating is going to happen. And Barabbas is going to be the one that people, how do you chant Hosanna this week in Barabbas? How do you chant Hosanna and now you chant Barabbas? How does it happen? Because the stallion is appealing. The stallion is intimidating. The oppression is overwhelming. I don't want to be on the wrong side of this. Would you rather have Jesus or would you rather have Barabbas? And they would, they would cry out for that murderer and even Pilate within himself. What has he done? I, I can't understand. But there was something moving. I'll tell you what was moving. It was the eternal plan of God. That the, the Lamb of God. I'm going to tell you something right now. Pilate was a pawn in that. Pilate was not in charge of that. Heaven and earth were working together, tied together to the prophetic promise that he would be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of what? Of what? Our peace was going to be upon him and with his stripes we would be healed. It didn't look good to the people of the day. It seemed overwhelming. You've got to be an overcoming Messiah. Get off that donkey. Get on to a stallion. No, not yet. The cross first. The road on Palm Sunday leads to the heel of the cross. Christians on the road, believers on the road, crying Hosanna on the road. May we still be there when we get to the foot of the cross. What about the beating and the scourging? What about that, that cat? What about? What about the mockery of that crown of thorns? What about an insidious inscription, Brother Watkins? They're going to they're gonna mockingly put it up over him. Behold, the king of the Jews. We're a long way from this road and these. But I'm going to tell you, even though the crowd had diminished, he was just as worthy. When he was tied with his hands fastened to that whipping post, and it was ripping flesh off his body. I know nobody was there, but he was just. When his own physical body could not handle the weight of that cross beam. And... We got to have a man help him carry the cross at that moment. There's this little thing in your Bible that we had already read about that told us that the first 
will be last. Who wants to be greatest among you? What's he got to become? Servant, the least. He's got to be. Wait a minute. Isn't that your king? Can you feel the question? Come on, we, we know the resurrection. But before we get to next Sunday, let's see if we can celebrate this one. The resurrection is easy to celebrate. It's not as easy when you're the believer that somebody's been making fun of or you're the believer that's been feeling the oppression or you're the believer that they're looking at while he's got on a crown of thorns, while the garments have been parted, while the cross cannot even be carried, while the nails are being drawn. It's not as easy when you're the believer that's being looked at and say, prove that he's a king. But in every step of the journey, if you know the story, Hosanna, 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 he was just as worthy. What are you saying to me, pastor? I'm saying if you're in a season of lowliness and humility and you're feeling oppressed, good news for you. He's still got you. He's still keeping you. We've, we've went on a string. We've went on a string of believers and people that have watered down the doctrine and made us to believe that if you're not in a good season, you're not in the will of God. Wrong! Wait a minute, you don't have joy? You must not have God. Wrong! You're dealing with abuse and hurt and neglect? You must not have God. Wrong! I can prove to you scripturally in this very text of men that walked alongside of Christ physically and people ran up and told them that their family was dead. You can be walking with him and still have. The question is, can you hold on to him and can you hold on to the palm? When the bulk of the palms are trampled under feet and the bulk of the praises have already slipped into eternity, can you keep a praise on your lips? and a palm in your hand. Would you like to see how this thing plays out? He rode in on a donkey. Everybody repeat after me, he rode in on a donkey. Just wanna make sure we're all clear on that. He rode in on a donkey, that's right. He rode in on a donkey. He was wounded. How many believe he was wounded? How many believe he, he was beat? How many believe that they did put a crown of? How many believe they did pierce his side? How many believe that he endured that for us? Whew. You ought to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Whew. Let me read this for you. He rode in the first time on a donkey. But for those of us that stick with him, let me tell you how he rides in next time. <laughs> Revelation 19. I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the horses, 
clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations and shall rule them with the rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress on the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and hath on his vesture and his thigh a name written. He rode in on a donkey last time. But if you'll hold on, he will return. And next time he's coming, the stallion of Pilate cannot compare with the armies of glory. Stand with me all over this route. I believe it with every fiber of my being. Brother Turner, as sure as I'm standing here, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. You know what I believe? I believe there's coming a day when every knee, every knee shall bow and every tongue is going to... Don't you know... Don't you know who you are when you keep a palm in your hand and praise on your lips? You secure your place in the army. Man, I didn't know what they were teaching me when I was just a little kid and we'd do that little song about being in the army of the Lord, that little infantry song. I didn't know what they were teaching me. I thought they were just talking about like I'm supposed to come to church on time. I may never, you know this. I didn't know what they were doing. Somebody in this room, you've been living in the lowly season. It's Palm Sunday. You got a palm in your hand, but you got a donkey in your life. It's the lowly, it's the humble. You go to work and pilots on a stallion. By the time you transition out of the road, out of church on Sunday, some of you can't even walk in the door of your house still carrying. Some people in this room, you have no idea what other people go home to. They can't even get in the doors of their house and feel peace. You need him to be the king now. You need him to overthrow this sinful government. You need him to overthrow. Some of you ladies, you got, you got palm trees of praise. You got palm branches and you, you wear them at church. But before you get home, you fold them over and tuck them in your purse. Because if he sees, he don't want to hear it. What are you telling us? You just be faithful to the king. There's a day coming. Wait a minute, if I'm his will, I won't deal with persecution. No, no, that's not what I said. That's not what this text said. It, it, prosperity doctrine preaches a lot easier to listen to, but a lot harder to find.
I wish, I, I wish, brother. Richards, I wish, I wish. I wish he didn't have to say that we'd be hated for his namesake. But I'm sure glad it says one day. We used to sing a song when I was a kid. It will be worth it all. Ooh. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Ooh. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. I'm asking you to lift your hands all over this room. There's some in this room. You're fighting it right now. It's inside of you. You want me to give an altar call because you're dealing with you're dealing with a lowly moment in life. You're dealing with a situation, and you need Him to just know, God. I know I've been in a tough season, but you're still my King. Whips or not, you're still my King. Cat and nine tails or not, you're still my King. Oppression or not, you're still my King. I know. Even when I leave this road of hosannas, you're still my King. Woo, God. 